0: This morning, early when we came together, we read the story of the resurrection. We've read it again here this morning. We could pick other New Testament passages and we could read that again. So let me ask you a question. What about the Old Testament? Does the Old Testament talk about the resurrection of Jesus? We'd say, well, of course not. It was written hundreds of years before Jesus lived. Now we know in the Old Testament we find prophecy about his birth, Micah 5, We read prophecy about his death, the crucifixion, in Isaiah 53. What about the resurrection? Is it possible that Old Testament writers could have written about a future resurrection of the Lord Jesus? And yes, we're going to find that is certainly true. So this morning, instead of looking a little bit later, instead of looking at the New Testament, we're going to look at the Old Testament. But if we're going to celebrate, as Drew brought out this morning, if we're going to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, he had to die first. So let's, let's sing about that, the power of the cross. He is risen. I hope we don't get tired of that. No reason we need to restrict that to today either. We always celebrate his resurrection. Yes, if anybody has anyone for nursery, we, we have a nursery that uh, anybody can utilize. So, there are a number of Old Testament passages that we might associate with the resurrection. One of them is Psalm 16 that we've already read from and read the quote in the New Testament. Another might be Daniel 12 or Hosea 6, Psalm 22. But today we're going to deal with one particular one, but let me just say a word. There are some people who would say, maybe they're well-meaning, that they would say, well, these really aren't about the resurrection. Uh, New Testament writers like Peter, when he quoted Psalm 16, uh, he gave it a novel interpretation, but that certainly wasn't the intent of the writer. I want to read to you again, uh, Drew read it for us, but I want to read to you again, out of Acts uh, chapter two, and this time I just want to read the last part, starting in verse twenty-nine. This is after Peter uh, quoted from Psalm sixteen. He says, Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb was with, with us till this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set him one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ. Now that says pretty clearly that David foresaw, he saw it, certainly the Spirit working in him, and he spoke about the resurrection of Christ. So there can be no doubt that this was certainly about the resurrection. Now I want us to talk about a passage this morning, Um, don't look it up yet, Isaiah chapter 53. Now, let me ask you, what comes to your mind when you think of Isaiah 53? Anybody? Suffering. The suffering servant. And what particular part of Jesus' life is prophesied in Isaiah 53? Especially. Yeah, the crucifixion. We think about how he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Um, I want us to read it now, Isaiah 53, why don't you turn there in your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 53, you go to the middle, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, then Isaiah chapter 53, and we're just going to read this, uh, it's not a long chapter, we're just going to read the chapter, Isaiah chapter 53. "'although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. "'Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. "'He has put him to grief. "'When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. "'He shall prolong his days. "'The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. "'Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. "'By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, "'make many to be accounted righteous.' And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for transgressors. Now, when you think about that passage, Isaiah 53, we think about the crucifixion. But there's much more in this passage. As a matter of fact, the whole gospel is here. Jesus grew up. He was rejected by men. He had sorrow, suffering, and shame. And yes, it tells about his death and the purpose of that death. As a matter of fact, uh, let me just read you, uh, some of you are familiar with John Piper in his typical style. He says this passage gives us ten reasons that Jesus died. Right here in this passage, just go down through them. Verse 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Verse 5, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Verse 6, the Lord has laid on him The iniquity of us all, verse 8. He was stricken for the transgressions of my people, verse 11. He will bear their iniquities, verse 12. He bore the sin of many. Now somebody's going to say, yeah, but he didn't stay in that grave. He rose up out of that grave. And indeed he did. Now here's my question. Does this passage say anything about Jesus rising out of that grave? And indeed it does. So look again down at verses 10 through 12. Go back to verses 10 through 12. Let me let me get there and stay there. Um, back up in verse 10. Now listen again as I read these verses. I want to go a little slower. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now just, just think about that much. Just, just verse 10. Um, what does that say to us about the resurrection? It certainly emphasizes that he died. It, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. There's no question about that. Uh, verse 9 speaks of his death. And the grave, which makes it very clear, he not only died, but he was buried. But we can't leave him in that grave. So in verse 10, the second part, we see something of beyond the grave. Notice three things. He shall see his offspring. Who were his offspring? Those are the ones who would be saved because of his death and resurrection. He, it's future. He shall see his offspring. Then it says, he shall prolong his his days. So let me just ask you, so how long will Jesus live? A long time, forever, for all eternity, because he conquered death once for all. He he will prolong his days. And then it says, the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now just think about that. The will of the Lord, that will begin. It was the will of the Lord to crush him, but it doesn't stop there. The will of the Lord will continue to prosper in his hand. Jesus will continue to unfold the will of the Lord, and he will do it for all eternity as we read about in the book of Revelation. In other words, this could not be said of a dead Messiah. This had to be one who rose and who lives, and indeed he does. Now come to verse 11. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Now, think about that. The anguish of his soul. There's the death again, the, the, the crucifixion. But then he says, beyond that, he shall see and be satisfied. He has to live in order to see. He shall see because he's carried out the will of the Father. He is satisfied with this. And then it's by his knowledge shall the righteous one, that is the Messiah, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. Um, so he died, but it doesn't stop there. In the New Testament, we read these words. I'll just read them for you out of Romans four twenty-five. He who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised up for our justification. It's in his resurrection that he makes many to be accounted righteous. That is, he justifies many. This is not the work of a dead Messiah. This is the work of the living Christ. And then come to verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressions. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Now you see in there, he weaves together his death and his resurrection. Uh, Notice what it says when he says, uh, I will divide him a portion with the many and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. This is talking about a conquering general, if you will. He is victorious in battle. And what happened when one was victorious in battle? Then he got all the spoils. Uh, He triumphed, and he took the spoils, and he divided the spoils with those who were with him, his soldiers, whatever. This is a beautiful picture of Jesus. He triumphed over the grave he glorified the father and the father glorified him and now he will share with all those who belong to him he will share the spoils the glory forever and ever and ever if you are in christ you will share those spoils his glory forever and ever and ever now we, we could read some more of this but this is what i want you to hold in mind when you go back Today, tomorrow, next week. And you read through Isaiah 53. Don't do what I've often done too many times. I focus on the part about the crucifixion. And I'm not saying we shouldn't focus there, but let's not leave him in the grave. Let's read the last part of Isaiah 53 too and realize that he's talking about a living Savior. Yes, he died, but indeed he rose from the grave. Brothers and sisters... Let's rejoice today in this glorious gospel. Just go down through this chapter. Just go down through it and see. So he grew up as a man. Uh, Verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Uh, It seemed like, uh, this is down in verse 4, it seemed like that he was being punished by God when he went to the cross. But that wasn't true. He was pierced there for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Because, it says in verse 6, all we are like a bunch of sheep and we've gone astray. We've lived the life that we wanted to live. We may have been religious, etc. But before we came to Christ, we went our own way. And because of that, the Lord laid on him all of our sins. So he was crucified and he was buried. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. But praise God, he rose from the grave. He will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. The will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And because of this righteous servant and what he did in both his crucifixion and his resurrection, many will be justified in his sight. That's the gospel. Uh, You can find it right here in Isaiah 53. If you are here and you are still outside the redemption that is in Christ, that still describes you. You're going your own way. And you may think you have a lot of goodness in you. But if you're living your own life, you're only accountable to you, and you haven't surrendered your life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ I want you to hear this glorious gospel this morning. It's for you. Regardless of how much goodness you think you have in you, there is no goodness in us as human beings. We are lost and we have gone astray. But praise God, he laid all the sins of his people on the Lord Jesus Christ. So my question to you this morning is, will you continue to reject the offer Of Christ, or will you be one of the transgressors for whom he died and rose? Praise God that the Jesus who died did indeed rise from the grave. He is satisfied with his work because he finished, he accomplished the work that the Father sent him to do, and he will indeed see all his offspring those who belong to him. So a question for you this morning. If you're not in Christ, do you want to belong to him? Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. Give up on yourself. Throw yourself on Christ. He is sufficient for your every need. Father, I want to pray this morning that just as we've kind of briefly walked through this precious chapter, I pray that it would lodge deep In our hearts. Thank you that you are such a mighty, wise, sovereign God that even 700 years before Jesus lived, you had your prophet write about him, about his life, about his death, about his resurrection. And we praise your name for that. Lord, I pray that we might long to know the truth of your word and that we might live according to it. In Jesus' name, amen.